Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Does Hebrews 1, 1 through 2 speak of populated planets? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. As you know from listening to this show, when we look at a lot of Bible passages, it can sometimes confuse us as New Testament Christians to wonder, how do Latter-day Saints come up with such elaborate interpretations of these passages when the passage itself really doesn't go in that direction? The one we want to talk about today happens to be found in Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 2. It reads in the King James, and I'm reading King James because that is the version that Latter-day Saints do tend to respect, and the King James is also the official version of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It reads, God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now, some Latter-day Saint leaders have taken this word worlds in the plural and kind of run with it to give the impression that somehow these other worlds that are out there that were created by Jesus are populated by human beings. First of all, Eric, we should look at what is the Greek word that is translated worlds in the King James, and I might add it's translated world singular in the English Standard Version. Yeah, the Greek word is ahion, and there are three definitions for it. Number one, forever, an unbroken age, perpetuity of time, eternity. So that would all be part of this idea of forever. Number two, the worlds or universe. And number three, period of time or age. Well, let's look at it this way. When we look through a telescope and we see, for instance, the moon, we see, for instance, other planets such as Saturn and so forth, certainly we can consider these worlds, but are we correct in assuming that somehow that these worlds that we are seeing, these creations that are out there, even the stars, are somehow populated? See, this is the stretch that I think a lot of Latter-day Saints make when they believe, for instance, Joseph Smith, because this is who is going to be defended in an article that we're going to be looking at. When they assume that this means that these worlds are populated, there's really no argument that supports that, except other than what a Latter-day Saint would call modern revelation. So once again, we have Joseph Smith as the founder of this movement. Because of his claim to be a modern prophet, and because Latter-day Saints believe him to be a modern prophet, he can say just about anything he wants— and Latter-day Saints tend to fall in line behind him. Now, there was an article that came out in 1985. It was in the New Era magazine. The New Era magazine at that time was a publication that was for young adults 
in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They had another magazine called The Friend, which was for more children in the church. This was more for your teenage members of the church. It was called The New Era. There was a section in that publication where questions were answered for young people. The question that was raised in this particular edition, which was the November edition, was, is Jesus Christ the Savior of all the worlds God created or just ours? And I guess you could say that's a question that has been raised of Christians as well. If other worlds or other planets had human beings on them, would they also need a Savior? Now, that's fun to speculate, but there's really no definitive answer on that because there's no evidence to prove that that's even the situation. So why would we have to come up with some kind of definitive answer on a situation that's not definitive? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, that doesn't stop the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They come up with doctrines. They don't need the Bible to support it. All they need, as I said earlier, Latter-day Revelation, and then they run with it. Well, this article was written by Larry C. Porter. Now, Larry C. Porter, at the time, was a professor at Brigham Young University. His bio now reads, according to Mormon Wiki, that he is a professor emeritus of church history and doctrine at Brigham Young University, where he served as chair of the Department of Church History and Doctrine For seven years, and as the director of the church history area of the Religious Studies Center, for seven years. Before joining BYU's faculty, he worked for 11 years as an instructor, principal, and district coordinator in the seminary and institute programs in the church educational system. He retired in 2001. Now, Eric, you would take from that first paragraph, and of course there's more that he had accomplished during his working years, But I would say that Larry C. Porter would not be considered your average Latter-day Saint. This guy seems to have a lot of education behind him, and obviously the church trusted him enough to give him all of these positions, including being the chair of the Department of Church History and Doctrine for seven years at BYU. And the fact that he worked for 11 years as an instructor, principal, and district coordinator in the Seminary Institute programs also... I would say, is pretty impressive. Now, what is the Seminarian Institute program in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Well, in the LDS Church, they have what's known as seminary. These are classes that high school students will take. You could probably best address that, Eric, because you started a Christian type of quote-unquote seminary for high school students in the area of Sandy, Utah, where Christians can go and meet. Well, explain what the seminary program is like. It's a four-year program that goes through the scriptures of the church as well as the church history. It's voluntary for students to take, but in Utah, every high school is required to have an LDS seminary. The seminary building is located near the high school, usually across the street, and it's a place where students can go. Signing up through the public high school, they'll actually take this class off campus. So it's a class where they're going to learn about Mormonism. The institute program would be for college-age students. So there's the difference between seminary and institute. We normally look at seminary as being more more of a graduate program for those who are planning on going into the ministry. 
That is not the case in the context of Mormonism. So here we have another word that needs to be defined, even though it's very similar to a word that we would use. Well, Larry Porter writes this article in answer to that question, is Jesus Christ the Savior of all the worlds God created or just ours? How does he begin this article, Eric? As one contemplates the far-reaching implications posed by this searching question, the reader will readily appreciate the fact that we can get beyond the bounds of our understanding in a hurry. From the outset, it would be well to state a general premise. We know that Jesus Christ is the Savior of this earth, and we also know that he is the Savior of a quote-unquote infinite number of worlds beyond the confines of the sphere. Although many specific aspects of this question must remain open-ended, we are, fortunately, not without some very important insights into such an imposing query. Well, let's go back and let's just examine what he said so far. Okay, we know that Jesus Christ is the Savior of this earth, and we also know that he is the Savior of an infinite number of worlds beyond the confines of this sphere. So that seems to be somewhat of an answer to the question, are there other worlds out there that are populated? Now, we're going to assume by statements that we're going to be bringing up this week by other LDS leaders that they are populated by others who are human, just like us, that also are a part of God's spirit children. And of course, in Mormonism, we all as human beings existed as one of God's spirit children before coming to earth and taking on this mortality. We are now in that mortality phase of our eternal progression, and we are here during what they call this mortal probation to prove ourselves worthy to get back into the presence of Heavenly Father. And ultimately, if we were good enough, we move on to becoming a God of our own world. So while we can learn from this that they believe Jesus is the Savior of people on a number of worlds, we have to also bring into this equation that there are numerous worlds out there that have gods on them that are not God the Father that Latter-day Saints understand him to be. So it gets very complicated very quickly, and I think this is why he says that we can get beyond the bounds of our understanding in a hurry. I wouldn't just say that about this particular understanding in LDS theology. I would say that goes into a lot of other areas as well. It may look good on paper, but when you start to analyze and dissect what these leaders have actually said, we can often run into a whole lot of contradictions and complications. But notice how it's defended. He goes on in the next sentence to say, aided by revelation and scriptural enlightenment, the prophet Joseph Smith and a succession of church leaders have added significantly to our comprehension of the role of Jesus Christ as Savior of this and other worlds. The Son of God is both a creator and a redeemer. Therefore, our question must necessarily embrace both functions simultaneously. Observations from the Book of Moses, given to the Prophet Joseph Smith as early as 1830-31, provide an invaluable key in the matter. Now, what book does he bring up? He brings up the Book of Moses. Remember, when he talks about aided by revelation and scriptural enlightenment, 
If a Latter-day Saint was to use that phrase when talking to a Christian, and the Christian did not realize that in Mormonism they have a number of books that are a part of their scripture, they could make the mistake of assuming that this Latter-day Saint might be saying that the Bible talks about this. Let us just say up front, the Bible has nothing to say about this. Though, yes, we would agree. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2 does talk about Jesus making worlds. But how do you draw the conclusion from that passage that somehow these worlds that have been created, which you would think in this context, according to the word that is used by the writer of Hebrews, it could include places like the sun, it could be the stars, it could be other planets in our solar system. But how do you draw the conclusion that somehow they are populated? You see, this is the stretch in logic that we find many Latter-day Saints using in order to draw this conclusion. Well, as I said earlier, there have been a number of leaders who have talked about other planets, other worlds that are out there that are peopled by humans that you could say, if Mormonism is true, are related to us as humans on this world. So in tomorrow's show, we are going to continue this thought and look at some of the statements that have been made by leaders in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. If you have been blessed by Viewpoint on Mormonism, won't you consider making Mormonism Research Ministry part of your missionary giving? Simply go to mrm.org and click the donate box in the upper right-hand corner. Your support, along with the call letters of this station, are greatly appreciated.